Well, at the SEC spring meetings, each SEC head coach and Greg Sankey had the discussions of what the future of SEC scheduling looks like. They toyed with several different models. And I said on yesterday's podcast, I think the 3-6 model works the best. It's my favorite model that's been tabled at the meetings. But what exactly does that mean for LSU? All of that and more on today's edition of Locked on LSU. You are Locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked On LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, whatever your preferred podcast platform is. We are there, but we're also on YouTube as well. If you're more of a visual person like I am, you can throw it up on your smart TV. You can put it up on your phone. You can watch it on the go. So make sure to subscribe to the Lockdown LSU YouTube channel. If you just type in Lockdown LSU in the search bar, then hit that subscribe button. Then you'll get notified as soon as the podcast drops. So you won't miss a second of your Locked on LSU content. I am Caroline Fenton and I'm your host as I am every day. Graduated from LSU just a couple of years ago. And now I am a sports talk radio host in Nashville, Tennessee for E. ESPN 1025 The Game, and you can find me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton One. You can also follow along the podcast at Locked On LSU as well. I'll post in my LSU thoughts, sports takes, and podcast updates on both uh, Twitter accounts there. So like I said, on yesterday's podcast, I discussed exactly what they were talking about at the SEC spring meetings, and it wasn't NIL, you know, the same thing that I feel like every single College football writers been writing about college football commentators been talking about college football fans have been talking about. But the reality is NIL isn't going anywhere and it's not changing anytime soon. So that's not what they talked about at the SEC spring meetings. But the real meat and potatoes of what they got into in Destin last week was what the future of scheduling looks like in the near future and also further down the line whenever Texas and Oklahoma do join the conference. Now, they came up with no ultimate decision. There's no clear vision of exactly what the SEC schedule will look like moving forward. Of course, 2022, that's set. We've got divisions, that's set. But when Texas and Oklahoma joined in 2025, that was the one thing that kind of all coaches and everyone involved, everyone voting, uh, kind of came to an agreement of is get rid of divisions once Texas and Oklahoma once Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC. And I was actually kind of surprised that there wasn't more pushback about that. I think that's better. I think that, you know, two 18 divisions is just massive. And when the priority of Greg Sankey and really as SEC fans too, I think that the priority is let's play more teams and have a little bit more variety more often. I'm totally on board with that. I would love to play Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia. I mean, Vanderbilt would be nice every year. Um, but I'd love to play those teams more often. Um, and I think we're all kind of very comfortable in our little SEC West bubble. The divisions have existed for 30-plus years now. It's kind of what we're used to. But even me as a person who hates change, loves tradition, I'm totally open to getting rid of the divisions and just shaking things up a bit. Excuse me. So I said on yesterday's podcast of the two models that have been presented, pods, throw them out there. Pods are stupid. Pods are dumb. I hate the thought of pods and I don't think they're going to happen. But the two new schedule models that have been presented is the 1-7 and the 3-6. What does that mean? The 1-7 is you have one permanent rival with seven rotating games. 
uh, which would make the eight-game SEC schedule continue. And then there's the three-six, which means you play three teams every year. Those are your three rivals, and then you rotate six, which would mean that you would add an additional conference game. I said on yesterday's podcast, I broke all of that down in a lot more detail, so you can find that at the Lockhead LSU YouTube page and also on your preferred podcast platform. Um, but I like the three-six model. I think that that's the best model that's been presented. But what exactly would that look like for LSU? Now, I pulled several LSU fans, and I want to get your thoughts as well. So make sure to send in your thoughts to the Locked on LSU Twitter page. So what exactly does the 3-6 model look like? The people that I pulled, the LSU fans that I pulled, overall, a majority of them, I would say 95% of them said Alabama. That that, if you're going to play three teams year in and year out, they wanted to maintain that Alabama rivalry. So that was, I would say, 95% of what these LSU fans said. Alabama, Auburn, and Ole Miss was the most common um, three-game permanent game schedule in there. And really, I have I have a problem with that. I would be completely fine. I would be completely happy with Auburn, Alabama, and Ole Miss. A few Arkansas were thrown out there as well. I think, you know, maintaining that boot rivalry would be fun, but really, to be completely honest with you, and this is no disrespect to Arkansas, I don't feel the same spirit, the same vibe, the same excitement around the Arkansas game that I feel rather, you know, with the Ole Miss game, with the Alabama game, with the Auburn game, with the Florida game. I was shocked that not as many of these LSU fans that I had pulled wanted to maintain that Florida rivalry. I don't know if that's because I value that rivalry maybe more than they do. I don't know if it's because Florida fans have just been insufferable the past few years and they just want to be done with it. Um, But I was shocked to see that not as many of them wanted to maintain that Florida rivalry, but even more so the Arkansas rivalry. So, you know, that's something to look into there. I think that, you know, it's it's a good rivalry. It's a storied rivalry. It goes back forever. Um, But for the most part, Alabama, Auburn, Ole Miss with a a few Arkansas thrown in there. What I was really shocked to see was how many people wanted to play Georgia year in and year out. Now, I don't know if that's because there's a little bit of bias in the group, you know, part of the group that I pulled that, you know, at that point, the people that I pulled, myself included, were seniors in 2018 when LSU beat Georgia, when they were undefeated, when they were, Georgia was the third best team in the country and when everyone stormed the field. I think there might be a little bit of bias there because Georgia was not even a team that I even remotely entertained to be in LSU's three game, you know, permanent rotation. But, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, if we're going to throw tradition out the window, then should we create new rivalries? Um, so that was, I mean, the Texas AM LSU rivalry is pretty brand new. I mean, when you compare it to, Georgia and Auburn, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a baby compared to the oldest rivalry in the South. But um, I thought Georgia would be an interesting one. It's a team that consistently contends in the East, obviously, you know, the reigning national champions, it wouldn't be an easy opponent year in, year out, especially under the Kirby Smart era. I think that Kirby Smart has a very bright and a very long future ahead of him at Georgia. So that wouldn't be the easy choice. But I thought that was a really interesting one that I kept seeing popping up over and over again in this group of LSU fans that I pulled. But Georgia was kind of a an interesting one thrown out there. Another one that I I'd say Florida was one that I didn't see, you know, pop up a lot. People, you know, again, people did not care about. It is another one that I saw pop up maybe once or twice, but really not as much as I expected. 
was a rivalry that I just mentioned, and that's Texas A&M. I know that's a brand new rivalry. I know that's something that was kind of created whenever Texas A&M was brought into the SEC and whenever Texas A&M became LSU's, you know, Thanksgiving weekend rivalry week matchup. But I was kind of surprised that more people didn't want to maintain that rivalry, at least year in and year out, because of the past few years, it has been so heated, so back and forth. It has been, you know, so chirpy. And of course, you know, Texas A&M and LSU are really not far apart from one another. It's really only a four, four and a half hour drive. And of course, Thanksgiving weekend, it just kind of makes things, makes stakes a little bit higher. So I was a little bit more surprised that I didn't see Texas A&M pop up more. If I had to pick my three that I want LSU to play year in year out, I admittedly, Texas A&M would probably not be that on that list. On a group of five teams that LSU would play year in and year out. Sure. I would, I would definitely entertain Texas A&M on that list, maybe the fourth or fifth team that I would put on that list. But I was surprised that more people didn't put that rivalry above say in Arkansas or even in Georgia. It really, truly was kind of floored at the number of Georgia rivalries that I saw. But I mentioned the three teams that I would want to put an LSU's 3-6 model if that's what is adopted. I want to get into that coming up next. And if those are going to be the three teams that LSU plays, what does the rest of the SEC look like? I want to get into that coming up next. But before I do that, I need to remind y'all that Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup. We've got a big game tonight. The series is tied between Golden State and Boston. The NHL Hockey Conference Finals. Now we're getting very close to the Stanley Cup Finals, and it is heating up a lot. And Colorado is just absolutely crushing it. Two sweeps so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs against Edmonton and, of course, against Nashville earlier in the playoffs. You've got Major League Baseball and, of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Always really fun to bet on boxing. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information. They've got live betting, they've got esports, and so much more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. Now I have an important favor to ask of you. So we at Locked on have put together a survey so we can learn more about the listeners like you and make your favorite Locked on podcasts even better. So this is your opportunity to tell us what you like, what you don't like about Locked on podcasts. What would you change if you were sitting in my seat? So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. I promise it won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. With football season coming up, it would be pretty nice to have some extra cash in your ticket fund. So take an audience survey to go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. We appreciate your help. So my three teams that if the 3-6 model is adopted, which I am championing for, I would love to see that. A little bit of shakeup in the SEC scheduling. I think that model makes the most sense. I'm totally open to adding an extra conference game. I'd rather play a Kentucky or a Georgia or a Texas A&M or an Auburn over, you know, rank-eating State University. Um, so I'm totally for that. But if I were to pick, if I am the commissioner of the SEC, I would pick Ole Miss, Alabama, and Florida to be LSU's three permanent rivalries. Now, I want to hear what your rivalries are. I want to get into that on tomorrow's podcast. So make sure to send in your three 
rivalries that you would like to see from LSU and see if it's similar to mine, if it's completely different from mine, if you want to see a lot of shakeup, if you want to maintain some of these old rivalries. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear your thoughts. Send those in to Locked on LSU on Twitter. But why those three? Ole Miss, Alabama, and Florida. I value tradition. I love tradition. I think that's one of my favorite parts of college football is I feel like even when everything in this world is changing, college football always stays the same. College football is always going to be goofy and weird and traditional and heated and all of the above. It's, it, it elicits so many emotions. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It makes you just pissed off. I know I've been pissed off plenty of times before from college football. So that's really the driving force between why I chose Ole Miss, Alabama, and Florida. I think that Ole Miss, you know, you think Billy Cannon, you think Halloween night, you think, you know, two college towns that really aren't very far from one another. Um, and you think the Mississippi Delta, that's just a hop and a skip from New Orleans. The culture between Mississippi and LSU, I feel like kind of seeps into each other. And you really see that a lot between the, the tailgating culture. And you see that a lot in the cultures of the two states. But at the same time, both schools were so different. You know, Ole Miss is so snooty and so hoity-toity. And, you know, you, you, they tailgate with chandeliers and LSU. We're all just, we're just the drunk uncles of the SEC. You just party and have a good time. And there's no hoity-toitiness to it. I think that the similarities and also the contrast between LSU and Ole Miss makes it such a fun rivalry. And admittedly, year in and year out, that's my favorite game of the year. Of course, Alabama has all of the hype. And, of course, you know, Florida has all the hatred, but I look forward to Ole Miss year in and year out. And I really don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if it's because historically LSU's just been better than Ole Miss. And I, it's a, it's a fun game. The tailgates are fun. And I know that LSU is going to win. I really don't know what it is about it, but I just feel like there's a little something different in the air whenever LSU plays Ole Miss. And since it is such a storied rivalry, I mean, I, I, I think LSU Ole Miss, I think about, you know, way back in the day. And I think about so so many recent rivalries as well. Um, so that's why I'm choosing Ole Miss. I look at Alabama and I think that speaks for itself. When you think about the SEC West historically, you know, of course, in, in newer times, you think about Texas A&M and Alabama being at the top of the SEC West. But I think that if you ask any college football fan, when they think of the SEC West, they think about Alabama and they think about LSU, two of the most storied, historic, and successful programs in the SEC and the SEC West. You see that rivalry uh, between Nick Saban and LSU and Alabama, just that that one tie there. Of course, Nick Saban winning a championship at LSU, winning championships at Alabama. And it's it, it's a different rivalry. You know, it's it's it means more, not to be so freaking corny there, but I think the LSU-Alabama game, it really speaks for itself. Every LSU-Alabama game that I have been to has just been raucous. It's been rowdy. It's been fun. It's been a game that I think not just LSU fans, not just Alabama fans, not just SEC fans, but college football fans in general see on the schedule and they circle it and say, that's going to be a good one. Um, so, of course, you know, the Alabama game is something that I would love to maintain. And finally, Florida. I love some good smack talk. I love some good, just good old hatred. I don't think that LSU fans, and please correct me if you think that I'm wrong. I don't think the hatred for Alabama is as much as the hatred for Florida. I don't know if that's just my personal take on it. I don't know if that's maybe just recency bias, but you know, I don't, I, I don't, I hate Alabama, but I 
hate Florida. And I think that's so fun to see. And I love the crossover between the SEC East and the SEC West. You know, when you look at some of those crossover rivalries, Georgia Auburn's absolutely one. You know, that's going to be one that needs to be maintained in whatever, uh, whatever SEC schedule changes that are made. But I think that you can also look at LSU and Florida as one of the best crossover rivalries. It's two teams that are historically competing for their divisions, two teams that traditionally have, you know, national recognition, two teams that have a lot of success and fan bases that got a whole lot of attitude and a whole lot of personality and really two game day environments that are just wild. And I think that every college football fan would have the swamp and death Valley on, you know, their, their bucket list items. Um, even if they're not an LSU or a Florida fan. So those are the three, just looking at tradition, looking at relationships between the fan bases and looking at you know rivalries that I would love to maintain. Those are the three. You can totally make an argument for Auburn. I mean, the rivalry between LSU and Auburn, you know, you look at the the night the barn burned down, you look at the earthquake game, you look at the game that Les Miles was fired, you look at more recently the comeback game. I mean, that rivalry has weird, weird things attached to it. I mean, it's it, you can almost always count on something funky to be in store between LSU and Auburn. I would hate to see that rivalry go away. It's just not in my top three, but you could totally make an argument for it. I also mentioned Texas A&M. You can totally make an argument for that. Kind of a newer, uh, the newer rivalry, but one rivalry that's been really, really fun. And look at Arkansas, and of course, just geographically, regionally, that would make sense. And I look at Mississippi State, um, you know, I love Mike Leach. He's one of the best personalities in college football. Um, but that's just not one that is going to be in my top three. I, I look forward to the Mississippi State game every year, but I don't think that me personally, that's one that I look at and I'm like, oh, baby, you know, let's get into it. Um, but the good thing here is I think there's been a lot of talk surrounding, you know, well, about the three games, the three permanent games. But I think we are also losing sight of the fact that there's going to be six other SEC games played. So you may say, no, 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 I really, I, you know, I, we need to play Auburn. We need to play Auburn. Well, you play six other games every year. You're going to play Auburn. You know, you're going to play Mississippi State. You're going to play Arkansas. You're going to play Kentucky. You're going to play Georgia. There's still six other games in the rest of the schedule. It's just which games do you value the most? Which games are you not willing to part with? And in my opinion, for me, for LSU, that's Ole Miss, Alabama in Florida. But what is the rest of the SEC like? I kind of try to build my 3-6 model for every team in the SEC, see kind of what that looks like. And honestly, I struggled. It's hard. It's like playing the most difficult game of Tetris. Um, and that would be completely blown up if, you know, if Ole Miss isn't in LSU's permanent rivalry, then what game is that? And how do you fit that in there? When you're not doing a pod schedule, when it's not 4-4-4-4, four, 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 and four, when it's, you know, one here, one there, one here, one there, it's really difficult to play this little puzzle game, but I did it the best that I could. I'll break it down and you let me know your thoughts on Twitter as well. So we'll get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I got to tell y'all about Built Bar because I am such a sweet tooth. I love myself a good dessert and I love chewy chocolatey brownies and a nice little caramel swirl on top. It is so, so good. But also, I, I can't always afford a nice warm brownie with caramel sauce on top. It's not always in my diet. But you can have your cake or your brownie and eat it too. Because with Built Bar, they have the new caramel brownie Built Bar with 17 grams of protein. So you don't have to sacrifice 
protein, your health for a dessert. So caramel brownie bars are available now at Built.com. And you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite and they're flying off the shelves. So forget about your dessert. Forget about the ice cream. Forget about the brownies because these are better than dessert. And the macros are unreal. Only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built Bar's caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. It's a no-brainer. Plus, the best part is that caramel brownie bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So with Built Bar... You don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. And all built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So if you take collagen supplements for your hair, for your nails, for your skin, ditch those. No need to buy those next time that you're at the pharmacy because you can just do built bars instead. There are a million reasons that you should try built bars. But for now, let's just say that the caramel brownie will rock your world. With built tasty is the new healthy. Go to built.com to get your box of caramel brownie bars now. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. So if LSU gets the – first and foremost, if the SEC adopts the 3-6 model – if LSU's three permanent rivalries are Ole Miss, Alabama, and Florida, like I hope they are, like would be my choice, a lot of ifs there. But if that's what happens, what does the rest of the SEC look like? I tried to plan out this 3-6 model for the rest of the SEC to kind of fit everything in. Are all the rivalries fair? Does everybody get at least one or two of the rivalries that you know have existed for forever? So I would say the two easiest ones for me to kind of break down were LSU and Alabama. LSU, obviously, because that's pretty comes pretty naturally to me. But I think with Alabama, Alabama has created so many rivals and has created so many hated foes throughout the years of their dominance. But the ones that have remained the most heated, the most traditional, and the most historic are Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee. It's in Dixieland delight. F Auburn. LSU and Tennessee too. So that's going to be my three, six model for Alabama. Their three permanent rivalries are Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee. So we'll go to Auburn. Who other than Alabama is on their rivalry list? I look at Georgia. It has to be Auburn, Georgia. You have to maintain that rivalry. There are just a few non-negotiables for me, and that's one of them. But the rest of Auburn's rivalry list was a little bit difficult for me to kind of piece this little puzzle piece together. So for Auburn, I have Alabama, Georgia, and also Texas A&M. I know that's one that you might raise your eyebrow at, but I really just didn't know who else to put there. And I have no better strategy and no good explanation for that. It's just A&M needed a third team. Auburn needed a, th a third team on my list. So I threw it on there. Arkansas. This one was kind of difficult, too, because once Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC, I have to think that Arkansas is going to be more so on the Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma side of things, you know, kind of maintaining those old Big 12, uh, Big 8 rivalries. But for Arkansas, I have Missouri. I think that's a really fun rivalry. I think that's a rivalry, you know, geographically that makes sense. Um, Mississippi State and Texas A&M. I mean, geographically, all of those make sense. And I don't, you know, other than LSU, I there's no super heated rivalry for Arkansas that came to mind, you know, instantly. And that's really what I went off of was just gut and, you know, my instant gut reaction of, okay, who has to play? So that was Arkansas and Missouri, Mississippi State and Texas A&M. Now, Mississippi State, I have Arkansas, of course, Texas A&M, of course. And Kentucky, that's their cross rivalry. They play Kentucky each and every year. 
Um, so that, that was a really easy fit there. Ole Miss, of course, LSU, that's what I mentioned. And of course, Mississippi State. I just, I realized that I just messed up there, that I didn't put Ole Miss on Mississippi State's list. So I already realized that I have to go back and change this, y'all. This was difficult. Ole Miss and Mississippi State have to play. It's the Egg Bowl. You know, it's it's a, the equivalent of the Iron Bowl. They have to play. So I'll go back and change this. So take all this, the rest of this list with a grain of salt. Clearly, I should have proofread more. But Mississippi State and Ole Miss have to play. Egg Bowl, you got to do it. And Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, they are cross rivalries. Um, so, you know, that's the They will continue to play. Another reason for that is I just didn't know of anyone else who really is a rival with Vanderbilt other than Tennessee. But switching over to the East, Florida, I already mentioned LSU, but I also have Florida playing South Carolina in Georgia. I chose Florida, Georgia, and there were a few teams that I thought could fit into Georgia's three. And I'll get into Georgia next. But I look at Florida and Georgia, and when you and I mentioned that, you know, when you think about the SEC West, you think Alabama and LSU. When you think about the SEC East, you think about Georgia and you think about Florida. They're two of the biggest powerhouses in the SEC East, at least, you know, in recent history. I know Tennessee had their days, um, but they're, you know, recently the biggest, you know, hot shots in the SEC East. So I thought that that was um, a good rivalry to maintain and a fun game to watch year in and year out. I look at Tennessee. I mentioned them. Um, they play Alabama. That's their biggest rivalry every year that has to be maintained. You know, it, third Saturday in October, the cigar game. Um, and I look at Vanderbilt as well. In-state rivalry. That's their rivalry week game. And it's really, it's Vanderbilt's biggest rival. I wouldn't call Vanderbilt Tennessee's biggest rival, but it is Vanderbilt's biggest rival, and you got to maintain that. I also have Tennessee-Kentucky. If you've never experienced the Tennessee-Kentucky game, I highly recommend. And, you know, you may be rolling your eyes because you're like, Tennessee-Kentucky, like, those are two, like, not very great programs. It is so fun to watch the Tennessee-Kentucky game with Tennessee and Kentucky fans because it is hated. They absolutely hate each other. I love that game. I think it's a very underrated rivalry. So I would love to maintain that as well. And speaking of Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Missouri were my three that I slated for Kentucky. I love the Tennessee rivalry, like I just mentioned. Mississippi State is that an outside of the SEC East rivalry for them. And Missouri, just because I couldn't think of anyone else to play Missouri. Um, they haven't built up enough enemies for me to really feel passionate one way or another. So that would be Kentucky's three games for me. Georgia would be Auburn. I already mentioned you got to maintain that rivalry. Florida, I already mentioned. I love the two powerhouses in the SEC East, and I also have South Carolina as well. I always feel like, strangely enough, if Georgia is one of the top teams in the country and South Carolina is a bottom feeder, South Carolina can compete. I love that rivalry. I think it's very, very fun. I think it's big on both ends of, of the fan bases. So I'd love to see that in there as well. South Carolina, I see another error there. I, tr I promise, I promise I proofread this. But I have Georgia, Florida, and then insert whatever else team in there that I forgot to put in there, and then I'll probably fix that tomorrow. Um, but Georgia and Florida, I mean, those are, those are two really difficult games that South Carolina would have to play. So you can look around at perhaps, you know, a Vanderbilt or a Missouri, um, and maybe an easier, traditionally easier matchup. And speaking of Missouri, I have Arkansas, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt, I have Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Missouri. This was difficult, as you can see from my errors, my blatant errors. This was hard. And 
I'm so invested in one fan base and I know that that one fan base, but you know, if you have a family member or a friend, or if you even are a fan of another team and you say, no, 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 you got something wrong. You absolutely need to put it in there. Let me know because I'm going to be working, workshopping this throughout the whole summer until the SEC decides what they want to do with the future of scheduling. So let me know what I got wrong, what I got right and how we can change it. That's going to do it for me today. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to do a new thing throughout the summer called the Recruit of the Week. Um, who's considering LSU, who committed to LSU, who was high on LSU, who dropped off on LSU. Um, we're going to do the Recruit of the Week, so we'll do that coming up tomorrow. And also your thoughts on the 3-6 model. Who should LSU play? Who Does LSU need to play year in, year out? Do you agree with me? Do you not? And why? So we'll get to your thoughts tomorrow as well. Uh, now make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Lee Thulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and of course, the big boards. So follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.